Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 58. With me, a host with the most, Brendan Carrion. What's up, Brendan? What up? I got the most Diet Coke. <coughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Ah, listen to that. Ready That's to rock. Kathunk. That is a <laughs> weighty sound. Ready to rock. And her eminence, <laughs> Heather, the Pope of Destruction. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Welcome. Well, we're no off. Diet Coke for you. We're you do have a races. Star Trek glass. Though. I have a Star Trek water. Star this is Trek a vintage water. Star Trek glass from from the release of um, the that Search one, the for Burger Spock. King ones. Oh, this is from Taco Bell, my Taco friend. Taco Bell. Okay. Look at you can see the little Taco Bell logo on the side, and it's like the super old one from the eighties. And then look, this is a uh, Lord Krug. Uh, the glass, and that's Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon. And they oh, had like that. actual glasses. It's got back like then. a like yeah. a yeah. I thought it looked like a predator from the backside. It does from the back. When I was a kid, I wanted my dad to take me to Taco Bell and buy me one of these glasses so bad, and he wouldn't. Um, and then I found them in a uh, like a Goodwill. In yeah, LA. like mine I now. Like, I, was like, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah Star so Trek stoked. three glasses. Sweet. I know, right? I know, right? It doesn't take a Pretty lot great. to really to really make me. Happy. He was like super jazzed. I was there. Remember? I yeah. was there for that. Oh yeah. And you were like were ah, and I was like, why don't you just chill Cause, out? Because I got another one. It's like another one that's the uh, the uh, the transference ritual, the the Vulcan transference ritual okay. from Star Trek Three. Yeah. I got I got that glass also. Nice. I think yeah. So, is, that, is that what it is? I think so. Um, yeah. I, I don't like that one as much because it doesn't have a Klingon on it. But know? why is he blue? That's the question I want to answer. Probably printing colors at the time <laughs> yeah. i don't know they yeah it, they really didn't want to shell out too much for too many colors yeah, it's probably yeah. like well you know heather spent the preponderance of her life in like the glorious 90s where everything was just like kind of like digitally printed onto the sides of cups in full blazing color yeah but also it was like that shitty plastic actually yeah. you have those cool um batman burger king cups oh yeah yeah those things are the shit that was also before they stopped giving away actual glassware and they're really cool right. those are plastic i think no they're okay. i think you got some glass ones all right well. i could be wrong <laughs> you know what what do i know about anything but I will tell you, don't go see the new Predator movie because it's not any good. Dude, did you see that? I went and saw it because, uh, no, there goes my phone. Uh, work actually had a thing where they took us to go see the Predator movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so fucking weird. And yeah, so I went and I saw it and I'm like sitting there and everybody asked, was, oh, what did you think? And I was like, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> it just, like he didn't, the Predator didn't like hunt any people until the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's as though uh, people were like, hey, Adam, do you what, like the Muppets? Do you want to be like, yeah, I love them. And they're like, yeah, we made a Muppets movie. They don't show up to the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, like, but what the hell is the first half? And they're like, oh, it's like a it's like a, a police procedural. But the last 20 minutes is all Muppets. And is like, that what, what happened? What? No, it was like the Predators hunting another Predator. Oh. And it was about, I don't know. It's not worth discussing. Just I just, I just don't it. understand how there's like certain films that just seem like they would be so easy to just... I mean, look, I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not a Hollywood guy. I'm not going to fucking tell these guys how to do it because I'm sure that it's like very difficult. It's not. To they're, be just, in- they're just stupid. They oh. try to tweak the formula is the problem. Like when they make the Aliens movies, it's not like, oh, yeah, there's they go to a planet and there's aliens there and they got to fight them and get off the planet before they die. They're like, oh, well, there's a military installation and they're making well, the alien clone I mean, babies. And you're like, I don't I, care about like, any of that. I understand that you have to change things up to keep it fresh. I get that. I but get, do you I need get, to I get, do that I, when the last movie came out like 20 years? 
years ago? Or can you just be like, hey, well, you I know mean, what? Well, like, I, was, I, 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 go, I'm sorry. No, like there was that one Predator movie with uh, Adrian Brody, like Predators. Predators five years and ago. Fat Morpheus. And that, he, that was way more than five years ago. Was it? <laughs> it was terrible. That movie oh. was so dumb. Like, first of all, first of all, the Predator, okay, okay, you guys brought this on yourselves. The Predator <laughs> films have a very simple premise. Which is that the, the alien comes? The, the predator is hunting dangerous prey. Right. Okay? Yeah. This is established very thoroughly in the first two films, and then kind of they lose it when they get into the AVP stuff. They kind of lose track of what exactly the the predator is. Then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna bring it back to what it's supposed to be." So then they're like, "We're gonna do a switcheroo, and the humans are gonna be on an alien world." And it turns out, it's a hunting preserve for predators. So what you're telling me is. The villains of this movie are like the Dick Cheney motherfuckers of the Predator world who don't <laughs> actually want to go hunt dangerous shit. They just right. want to go into some safe-ass area and hunt weakly. But it's not all that like, safe. This one, the conceit is the Predators are taking the DNA from all of the top. That's why they take the trophies. Oh, my God. And they're God. splicing it into their own DNA oh, to make that's super so Predators. Stupid. That is so dumb. That it's is the dumbest so shit ever. Stupid. And so they don't hunt anyone until the one Predator comes to bring a weapon to us that we can use against the other predators, but the super predator finds him and kills him before he can deliver it. And then the last part is the super predator hunting the humans and presto change twist. He says that the guy, the most fit among them is only the one guy with the last name who's like the army ranger special ops badass. But it turns out he was referring to his autistic son because autism is the oh next level God. of human evolution. This is like and that was the guy that he was after the whole time was his autistic son so he could splice his DNA into his because apparently like super rain man predator would be the best thing ever. It was dumb. That, that and uh, I don't and, and sort of weirdly offensive. Yeah, and strangely uh, offensive. Uh, and also ripped off from Dragon Ball Z a little bit because uh, oh, so, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> what, what that I'm means you have to explain it. I don't know Dragon Ball Z. There's like a there's like a creature that named Cell who like goes and takes the best fighters and takes all of their DNA to become the best 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 fighter of all well that was ripped off of Serpentor from G.I. Joe who was all of the DNA of all the historical figures mixed together <laughs> and to snakes. make the super leader and snakes for <laughs> and, some reason and also snakes <laughs> they were like and this is our new leader yeah Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> Genghis Khan Attila <laughs> the Hun and then they're like our, our, and then I think there was like a, an allusion to like Hitler and I was like oh, uh, I don't think you could do that today <laughs> <laughs> Are we to believe then that within the continuity of the Predator films that that the Predator spliced King Willy and Gary Busey's DNA into himself after killing them in Predator 2? We What we should believe is that had he taken the trophies back to his home world, he would have spliced the DNA into them. Because we see him like like flaying the skulls and then like mounting the skulls right on the ship and yeah. he's like i'm so stoked about these skulls yeah uh, apparently <laughs> they're right. not trophies they're just dna banks what, what, for the predator it's whatever so it's what a dumb idea ever. it's a anyway, dumb idea and it doesn't maintain it jesus fucking christ so we All just right. lost ourselves so on that here we are we're many minutes into the podcast we have not discussed role-playing games. you're welcome everyone this is a role-playing game <laughs> yes. podcast so what has everyone been up to we start with Heather. Yeah, what Heather. What's, to, what's 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 crapping, Heather? Well, what I'm you not got? playing any games right now, but I'm still making my game. <laughs> When's what? How's that going? So it's tell going us okay. all. Tell us all about that. Okay, so I gave it a title because I want. Is that what you're supposed to do? Because I did it. 
You, yeah, it should yeah. have a title at okay. some point. Yeah, your your players will largely ignore that, but I feel <laughs> like it works as for the GM to keep you focused on what you're mm-hmm. trying to do. Well, the title is, and the st- snakes start to sing, because I liked it. <laughs> and um, A lot of snake talk this episode. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, we're like parcel tongues. Okay, and anyway, that's enough Harry Potter references forever for you. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so, I was going to have it set in modern times but I decided to make it go to the 30s. You know that part. Right. So I I was going to do the Dust Bowl, but then I decided that it's too particular and there's not enough stuff going on. So I'm doing it right when it just starts. So it's during the um, Prohibition and the Dust Bowl and Depression all together. So it's like a bunch of stuff like fucking with the players, I guess, before it begins. It's nice. The, yeah. the environment is it's an adversary. Yeah. It's I like, like a that. hostile environment. And then I'm going to do two factions of vampires and one human faction that could be either enemies or not. And that's basically what I've been doing. I've been making the factions and stuff. Fleshing that out. Yeah. And how's that going? Pretty good. It's fun. Yeah. I like making I like making the characters. It's really the, the NP, NPCs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you use a different style than, than I do. Yeah. You have a different method. That's do you want to talk about of, your method? Because of Tumblr role-playing? Because I'm like that much of a nerd, I'd like... Can you explain to our listeners who might not know what Tumblr role-playing is, what it is? <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm not trying to call you out. <laughs> I'm just trying to... What? Am I calling you out? No. <laughs> Everybody's no, laughing I don't know what it is either. <laughs> yeah, so can you just, can you I'm just, just fascinated to hear what it is. Yeah, it's, tell, it's just like, it's just, it's just like role-playing game, except instead of like being people, you're just, like, you're just making a story together, like writing it out. So it's and, like chat role-playing. Yeah, but not as... You make it sound so lame when you say chat well, role-playing. All right. Well, I'm just trying to continue contextualize it back in my like they're 1990s like, world here yeah. they're like it's like blog post threads that you like tag with like specific to the role playing that game that you're doing and then you like you make characters and then use celebrity faces as like you're uh, like you're like casting it i guess so I've there's a very visual element to it which yeah. i found surprising i i had never heard of it till heather introduced me to it and i've never really engaged with it it's really not to my taste but um it's very visual yeah it's 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 strangely visual for a thing that's mostly about writing yeah because you guys you guys write a lot yeah and what's interesting is the way that they set it up because when two two or more people decide to do one of these role-playing experiences they will get together on the site am i right correct me if i'm wrong at any point and they will talk about it just like just like if you were going to run a role playing game. Yeah, they're messenger. And they'll and you'll set up what the context of everything is. Yeah. And then you won't start until you've you've established what the world is yeah. and what the idea is going to be. Yeah. And then you all and then you guys all just all start writing. It's kind of like play by post in a certain way. Right. I guess so. But there's no rules and there's no dice rolls. No, it's just like it's that. just making a book, like making a story together. It's just so like a novel. It, it's kind of like that uh, a single moment role playing game then, where it's you have to it's the two samurai on the bridge and then you have to yeah. establish the world oh, yeah. and build it and so, kind of okay yeah. it's, like, are, it's, it's sorry. go ahead sorry. there are some rules though like there's no god modding like, you can't control their person's character you can't make it do anything without talking to them first because that's rude it's so obviously. funny <laughs> i was literally just yesterday talking to one of the homies on instagram uh thunderproof about like the world of role playing and i was like it would be conceivably possible to write a role-playing game in which there were no dice, no cards, no chips, and no mechanics, and essentially the game is just we all agree to come over to somebody's house, somebody's the GM, and they're the arbiter, and everybody else are players, and the only rules are 
uh, you must behave within the context of the established world, and you're not going to do anything to deliberately injure anybody else's fun. Yeah. And then everything else is just talking. That's basically what it is on and Tumblr, So it would be too. LARP, but without the rock, paper, scissors. Because I've been to LARP sessions that are pretty much no one uses the rock, paper, scissors mechanic the entire time. Everybody's just talking the whole time. I mean, hey, if that's your experience, because I, I, you LARPed way more than me, man. I did LARP a lot more, <laughs> but... And and I will say it was not a rewarding experience. Yeah, I like how you're chuckling at his LARPs. Like, like oh, nerd, you LARP nerd. No, you're it, all... was, it deserves to be laughed at because it was ridiculous. Mine's also lame, too. Most of the time I checked in and then just like I checked in and I like sat in a corner and waited for someone to come talk to me because I was a Giovanni. And everybody's like, I have no reason to ever want to talk to this Giovanni guy. And all I did was I quietly accumulated experience and resources. And then I just blew shit up when I had the opportunity because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, now it's time to just blow shit up. But uh, so you you use your Tumblr. You use kind of this background of Tumblr yeah, to... I, sorry. Go no, no, go ahead. No, no. You go ahead. I also may... I'm going to make a Tumblr for my game so I can do the stuff I usually do in Tumblr for when I do Tumblr role-playing. Like I'm going to do uh, uh, like mood boards for like the different factions, you know? Like you, like you find pictures online it sounds weird that like pertain to like the faction you make like a cool thing and then you uh post it <laughs> and there's like gifs and like quotes so and it's like a collage music. yeah yeah kind of it's like a multimedia collage yeah like it's really it's fun. interesting it's fun to do i mean it's not my it's not my process but i find it interesting it's like a new generation making use of electronic tools that i don't particularly understand like i don't understand tumblr i find interacting with it kind of weird I'm not against mood boards. I know you, I know, first of all, I know I give you a hard time about mood boards. Yeah, I give everybody a hard time about mood <laughs> boards, but they're actually a very useful tool for creativity. Uh, I, I use Pinterest every so often. Um, when I'm running a game, I'll make a mood board oh, yeah. for, for, uh, for images. Okay. And then I'll just collect images that surround an idea or a scene. Um, I usually, I was doing that with death watch when we were going to do, uh, um, not Kill Team, Shadow War before or uh, whatever it was. Yeah. I was building like a Death Watch Pinterest board with a bunch of Death Watch images to get me in the mood. See, look, we're all doing for Death Watch. We're all doing our Pinterests and we're like not telling each other like, I don't want anybody to think that. I'm oh, I don't that. want anyone to know about my Death Watch Pinterest. My, That's my, my secret shame. It's like the most fun thing to do though. I think Death Watch is just my secret shame. I, it's not I, secret anymore though. I keep I keep my uh, Pinterests like hidden so that like, I don't get players and stuff like looking oh, at yeah. them. But I don't really know that any of my players would be searching for it. So I mean, I don't don't know do you have a tumblr that you would be interested in people interacting with you on or I, is I'll, it? well i'm making one for the game they can interact there I'm, i forget what i call it. i think oh, it's yeah. just snakes start to sing nothing's on it yet so if you go search for it it's just going to be like nothing but when <laughs> is there going to be stuff on it because yeah, you should you should be like w well into the uh writing of this game right now yes i i know i just it takes a long time to like accumulate all the tumblr stuff it takes like hours i've i've like i probably like spent so many hours on tumblr with like various like role-playing po like people that i've made and then i just abandon them after a while because they get boring because i am add sometimes with that kind of stuff yeah well i mean the the the, the, the world <laughs> sort of incentivizes that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, I don't... You you do a thing where you collect images of um, movie stars and stuff in dressed in period garb oh, yeah. Yeah. in order to help you focus on what characters look like. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. I imagine... I do I, that. I think that's probably a good way to help <laughs> describe yeah. 
when you encounter your players. I don't do that because I got really pissed off when comic book artists started just drawing movie stars into comic books. That really pissed me off. Um, <clears throat> like all of Marvel Ultimates? Yeah, Marvel Ultimates, um, Wanted, Mark Millar's Wanted, that had the starred Eminem without Eminem oh, being in it. That book was execrable. Thanks for reminding me yeah, it exists. Yeah. Um, so it just, that, that just, that really, to, to me, the way that, I mean, we, uh, we, we, we live in a time when like visual storytelling is like, it's the storytelling of the time. You know, it has, it has replaced the novel as the primary mode of com- communicating a story. Yeah. Um, and for people to be like fixating on these images that they find outside and then just like regurgitating them to me is like shows a poverty of creativity. I also understand that we live in remix culture and I'm a big fan of remix culture. I, I mean, I get it. But um, I just don't think that everybody should, everybody in every game and every comic book should look like Eminem. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, no I'm way. just like. Like, Eminem can be Eminem, but he doesn't have to be everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. It's one one take that I have. Sounds like you need to lose yourself in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. It just helps me, like, create my world in my head and, like, create this mood and, like, what I want to convey, you know? No, and that's smart. Yeah. And that, because you having a clear idea of what it is you want to convey and having a, a sense of passion and enthusiasm about it is what will be conveyed at the table when it's time to roll the dice. Yeah. And that's what that's why players show up is they want to be inspired. And um, if you're just like burr, 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 reading out of the book, like the one time I ran Ravenloft and I literally read the descriptions out of the book. And at one point, apparently it says that <laughs> Strahd starts to pound his organ or something. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> he's playing the organ. Right. Yeah. It says he's pounding the organ. Right. Pounding it vigorously. And everybody started laughing. Tittering, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't even realize. I was just reading out of a book. I think um, I was there for that. Yeah, I think you were there for that. Yeah. Strahd pounds his organ. Anyway, um, Adam, speaking of inspiring players, you've done some very inspiring role playing lately. Oh yeah, so I've been I started that D&D campaign with um some guy that I work with and some of his friends. Uh did the first session of that. Um it's D&D, like it hasn't changed at all. <laughs> it's just very by the numbers. Um and so that's that's going. That's a thing that's happening. We're just the first session yeah. in. Now I can't remember if I asked because okay because this is different than the game that you ran right. at the ally at night the actual right thing yeah this, this is, is an outside at someone's house one that they were like we want to play D and D and we heard you can run D and D run D and D for us I was like all right fine I'll run D and D for you're you you're doing God's good work my and friend it's all new players it's uh, actually a majority female table there's four female players two male players fascinating which is fascinating and they're all like all of the like they're almost all new except for one of the guys like everybody is new. And so, okay. um, are, have, are they, are they, have they, are they all like critical role people and they've like seen critical, role? they've all seen critical role and there's like a, just a, a complete confusion about what they can do. And like the one guy's like, Oh, I have all the peripherals and he's like, here's cards and they're picking out cards and the sorcerer's like, I cast Eldritch blast. And I was like, I don't, I don't think you can cast Eldritch blast. And she's like, well, he gave me these cards and I was like, Oh yeah. But like, those are just the arcane cards. You have to find the sorcerer specific cards in there. 
for the cantrips you have available to you. I mean, it seems kind of weird because you told me this story previously and I right. have two thoughts. It's weirdly fussy. <laughs> like D&D is just weirdly fussy as I a do, game. Dude, first of all, I agreed 100%. 100%. Now, my first, my first kind of thought is mm-hmm. it kind of sucks that the person who you're playing this game with kind of you're GMing, but then they hosted the character creation somehow. Yeah. So that's like, because the character creation is a, is a point where the GM gets to kind of set the pace mm-hmm. and establish like how it's going to be and what the rules are going to be and stuff. So it kind of sucks that you weren't able to do that. Yeah, this but, is how they wanted to do it. And I was like, you right. know what? If this is how you right. guys want to do it, that's fine. <laughs> and that's I'll build my, you a world. Yeah, that's my second takeaway, which is like, so what, right? right. Like, okay, fine. You're a sorcerer. You have Elder Splash, whatever. I give right. a fuck. Right? I mean, is that <laughs> how you ended up doing it? Because they just want to be happy, right? I just they're basically just like, was like, here, like, you can cast Ray of Frost, or you can cast, like, Fireball. Like, oh, Fireball. So you, you I did. was like, you can just cast one. At, well, because Eldritch Blast for, like, a sorcerer isn't aspected right. Like, you're not going yeah, to... Yeah, who cares? It's just, it's more bookkeeping and weird stuff I have to keep track of, and it's like, I'd rather just do vanilla D&D because then I don't have to, like, keep track of all the strange things that we've done to it. Um, that is one of the major problems with Dungeons and Dragons. Right, it's and weirdly it always fussy. has been. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like well, maybe not always. If I don't want to say that and then have somebody jump down my throat, some fucking... You know, Grognar from the eighties mm-hmm. be like, "Oh no, back in the day, D and D was super easy to hack." Right. But but ever since uh, second editions, it's just like a fucking nightmare to hack. Well, right? that's the thing, and it's like if I was gonna just let people do whatever they wanted, I would have had that like va- I would have like that vampire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I would have just play a vampire, so I'm gonna lay a vampire monster template over my character. <laughs> it's just like no, you can't do. It. And so, yeah, there's there's got to be some kind of consistency with the base experience. And so I'm doing that. And then uh, last night I played in, uh, it's a system called Low Fantasy Gaming. It's an OSR system. Well, it was a role-playing club, right? Right, yeah. Uh, So FMRPG's role-playing club. Um, And I randomly drew a character. And a lot of us kind of ran. Some of us picked, some of us randomly drew. I randomly drew a character. And then uh, we set out to play this scenario, like where these guys were escorting this shipment with this merchant to this port um, we stop at this village along the way to rest, um, and then we get like involved in the shenanigans that are in the village. And so, I drew a character who was an artificer. So the thing about low fantasy gaming, the PDFs available for free online. You can buy the books as well. Uh, is there's five classes in that game? It's um, barbarian, fighter, rogue, magic user. I don't. I can't remember. Cleric. The other one. Is there a cleric? Was, uh, no, I don't think no? there's. Cleric. There's another I one. That. I can't I remember. Hate clerics. Um, get him out of here. So there's five classes. I drew an artificer. He's not one of the five classes. So right off the bat, I'm just like, what the hell is this thing? Interesting. So I had to go find the artificer separate from the book. And he was introduced in... Because their thing is they give you the book away for free as a PDF or whatever. And they want you to buy like these story supplements and everything. They want you to buy like downloads. Right. To like enhance the experience. To enhance the experience. So I found the artificer for it. But this was kind of after I like sat down, I looked the sheet. So what some of the people were asking me was, how do I like create a character embody a character quickly yeah so i gotta say like um william our buddy william Mm -hmm. who comes to the club and he comes to the club all the time and he's been kind of talking about like getting ready he's like 
want to run, but like I just don't feel like I'm ready. And then you and I, like I, I had to go to Alex Alex's birthday party, so I right. couldn't be there. And then like you, you and I, we've been kind of like tired, and we've been kind of like letting other people run games. Yeah, and stuff. I brought and Dark Ages character sheets because I, I wanted that. to I was run. Ask you. I wanted to run Ventrue Chronicles for October, oh. like the Dark Ages part of that. And I was like, we'll do character creation night if nobody else brought anything. But William was there. But William brought a game for us to play. He was ready to rock. Yeah, and he was I ready to, to say, roll. man, because I, I stopped by to give uh, David Rybacki his prize. And he, I, anyway, <laughs> we'll get Which, to that in a minute. Yeah, still <laughs> it's here. still here. <laughs> um, and uh, I was watching you guys play, and, I, and like William was killing it. I just mm-hmm. thought he did yeah, a great he job. Great. I mean, he started off. He started off. He handed out the character sheets. The character sheets looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seemed to have a real good command of like everything that was going on. He was excited about his setting. He was excited about his game. And man, I was getting caught up in it. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, oh fuck, man. Yeah. Now I gotta leave. Yep. You know. But so anyway, uh, then this morning I wake up after you know a night of. A night of bacchanalia and excess at Alex's birthday. <laughs> good old Alex. Oh, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh i see that the little the little facebook group about the, the full metal club is just full of all these people who are like ranting about about adam's character adam's character was was so inspiring to people somebody actually asked you how you do your right. character how do i create a character so, so how, do, how do you do that lay that lay that on us i grabbed the sheet and the great thing about this sheet is laid out in a very similar way where all your attributes are here your skills are on the back like your equipment whatever but it's got your your class and it's got like a little portrait on it so it gives you kind of an idea of what your guy looks like so i had this bearded guy and he's like holding this pole and on the end of this pole is this chainsaw looking thing <laughs> yeah and it's called the chain blade and his class is artificer so right off the top i'm like oh this guy's like this like and it's and it says his former career was tinkerer so i'm like right off the top i got this view of this guy as he's like this insane like scientist guy he's got a high intelligence intelligence 17 and then his lowest attributes were uh i think charisma and perception so i have this idea of this guy as he's this like genius but like kind of like on the spectrum where he's (laughs) he's like very very smart but he just looks down on everyone around him and doesn't know how to interact with other people but he thinks he's really smart so he thinks he knows how to talk to other people (laughs) and i decided to give him a german accent because to me nothing is funnier than a a, like mad scientist guy with a german accent right he's like the duck from disney like what they he's like i'm the duck you know and he's got the german (laughs) accent too so and then i was like this guy needs a name like, I need him to have a name. So I'm just like, well, what am I going to name my German mad scientist guy? And so I was like, he's going to be named Ogre von Hammerschmidt. <laughs> so it's Ogre, like the skinny puppy guy. Who had just been in town a couple who days Who had just previous. been in town, so it was on my mind. Yeah, and I was our like, Facebooks were full of people yeah. who were there. We weren't. but We weren't, but they were like, <laughs> hey, it's Ogre. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so he is Ogre von Hammerschmidt. And I was like, and he is just going to be this, like, loud German inventor guy. Um who just like looks down on everyone around him. And so uh, that was how I played him. And so we go into town and the first thing is, I'm just like, I need like ale and entertainment. Show me where the dancing girls are. <laughs> and I go there because I have gold to spend. And so I went there and I did that. And like for the whole first part of that adventure, I was off <laughs> like doing that while everybody else was doing the work. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we should probably go get Ogre to like bring him into this thing because we got to go find this guy's missing kid because it was this mill 
owner and his kid had gone missing so they bring me out and they're like okay so we're gonna and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a minute i don't have any context what's going on explain <laughs> so they're like trying to recap everything that had happened to that point and so we go off in search of this kid and then there's this guy called the bonesmith and i was like <laughs> i was like well, i want to talk to the bonesmith because i'm ogavon <laughs> hammersmith so and i introduced him to my chain blade and so i uh I went to go see that guy, and then at, it, we ended up having to kill him. As you um, do. And oh, did so, he have the kid? He had one of the kids. Oh, so there's because there was than another kid. Like so, I, everywhere we went, more kids. Like whoever we talked to, more kids kept coming up missing. And I was like, I'm not talking to anybody else. <laughs> Every time I talk to someone, there's not a kid that's it, missing. It always weirds me out when one of the like fantasy conundrums is like some poor peasant has a problem and I'm, and I'm always just like i mean this this to me just it defaults to this kind of like weirdly like moralistic idea mm. that kind of got breathed into like the second generation of like dungeons and dragons but that like doesn't have anything to do with like adventuring you know where it's like i mean seriously if you're an adventurer and you're like sitting around and you're like you know at the you're at the tavern and you're like counting your gold coins and you're like washing blood off of them to, you know for you're getting ready for your next mm-hmm. adventure and then some peasant comes in and says i've lost my my child and mm. you just go like what the fuck do i care about that go oh he me. wasn't a peasant they were, in the woods they said they were gonna pay us so that was <laughs> well, yeah, why it's i like was a motivated mill, it's a mill owner he's yeah. part of the nascent middle class yeah you probably don't even recognize them as being people who are important you're I was like, like where's if you a got royal gold. they have gold i was just like you if know? you got gold know. i'll do whatever you want so we go to like fine and it the was economics of fantasy make no sense they don't make any in sense. these fucking games but it was gruesome this one the one of the kids was like mutilated and killed by this bonesmith guy we killed him then somebody like comes upon us and his corpse so i decided to just tell them that he fell down i was like oh he fell and like, <laughs> he, fe- he doesn't have a head I was, okay so it is because we threw like these tools at him because the guy found them like tortured mutilated kid and he's like i found your tools and threw them at the guy and then we had to kill him after he killed one of our guys and wow. so i just decided i was just going to tell people that he fell and so that was anytime anybody new came out, I was like, oh, Eddie, he, f- he fell. Anytime <laughs> anyone came in, I was trying to like play off that this guy had fallen. And it became very clear that they weren't buying it. So I was like, I have to be honest with you. He, he didn't fall. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was my character was just this like ridiculous inventor guy who just was not here for any of the shenanigans that were going on. And just wanted to like get these kids. And the best part was this lady was like, oh, my daughter's missing. You need to go save her. She was taken by Beastmen. And I was like, well, we're like, we already killed this guy. <laughs> like we found one of the kids. You said this other kid's in like a cellar somewhere because he got beat up and got sepsis in his wounds or whatever. And now there's another kid that's missing. And she's like, well, yeah, but you have to do it stealthy. And I was like, all right, hold on. I have a chainsaw sword weapon on the end of a pole. This guy's in full plate. Stealthy flew out the window already. <laughs> was, this was, a, like, was this a prepackaged adventure or was this, was this William's thing? I think it was a mix of the two. I think he took a prepackaged adventure and put a spin on it. Interesting. And so um, I was just telling this lady, and this is where we left it. I just told like, like stealth has flown out the window. I don't do stealthy. Like we're just gonna go murder these beast men, and if we have to, we'll get like revenge for your daughter. But I don't know that we're gonna like try to pull her out of there safely. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was Ogavon Hammersmith. And- but what what thinking goes into? 
the portrayal. Right. Like how so do you analyze? I started how, if somebody out, else wanted to replicate right. your process, so how would I start they do out, it? and what I look for is the unique things about that character. So in his case, it was the chain blade, right? And that was a feature of his class. It's like, okay, so he's got this chain blade. Every artificer gets a chain blade. You either get a chain blade or like this blunderbuss weapon. There's, it's you get a selection of three of whatever your int modifier is of these things under the splat. Interesting. I just happened to pick, get Chainblade handed to me as one of them. So you're essentially a non-magical magic guy, right? Like you are. These are effectively spells, um, uh, but they're with technology. Uh, I and see, so I see now. So this is essentially a low fantasy version of the Artificer from D and D. Fucking Eberron. Eberron. This right. Is, this is a grim dark Artificer. Artificer. Yeah. I get it. I so, get. It. I get it now. That was, okay, look at that. Then I looked at the attributes, and that was where I decided, okay, he like looks down at everybody, thinks he's better than everyone else because he's smarter than everyone else. And then the rest of it, I just kind of let it express itself through play. I've got an idea of the first few things that I think that person would do when they get into the town or into the situation they're in. And then from there, I just kind of uh, let them develop on a natural progression. So it's like once I've got this idea of he's this like arrogant, like kind of crazy scientist guy with this, you know, uh, German accent um, that's like running around with a chainsaw on a stick, right? Like he's already like this this ludicrous idea kind of from the end. Then I'm like, all right, so now that he gets himself in these situations, how would he react? And I kind of just let the character react and develop naturally from that point. But you have to at least go in with the baseline of personality-wise, this is what this guy's like. This is what's important to him. Um, and this is how he views with or interacts with the world in my case it was that skewed like i'm smarter than everyone so i don't need anyone tell me anything so i'm just gonna go out and do whatever i want and everybody can just deal um and that was effectively just how i started out that character and then the rest of it's kind of as he got himself into situations thinking about how would he view this situation how is he going to view the other people in this situation and how is he going to react to them uh, and that was kind of just how I how I developed that character and how I took him off. And he, he, you know, by the end of the adventure, he had become like this whole thing off on his own. He was he was Oga von Hammerschmidt. Well, it sounds like uh, everybody really got a lot out of it. Yeah, it was so, a lot of fun. So that is good. That is good. And I'm happy. And Colette that- did a really cool job with his like like native tribesman guy because he was really playing up like the oh I don't speak common very well and I don't you know interact with the urban world very often so. I'm like a stranger in a strange land kind of thing. Are you guys supposed to finish it next time? Yeah, we're supposed to finish it next time. Okay, cool. Cool. I think I'm supposed to play in Colette's game next time. I wonder how that's going to work. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's supposed to be in the other one, so I have no idea. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll to, see. Yeah, eh, we'll figure it out. Whatever. We got yeah. two weeks. Um, So I played, uh, not this last week, but the week before, two weeks before, I played in uh, Michael Colette's... Uh, DCC Lankmar game, and that was really interesting. Um, I had never played DCC before, and I've, I've always had people like getting in my grill, being all like, "Oh, you gotta play DCC!" And I'm, I, and to be totally honest, they're like, a very fervent fan base. It's the it's the, the the intensity of the DCC community. Like, I'm not gonna say it's off putting. I think it's great. I think it's great that they're so into it. But I'm the kind of person that when you like hard sell me something, I like go in the other direction. Yeah, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to call it off putting, but like it was initially very unsettling. 
How's that different than off white? I don't like. I don't. It was just one of <laughs> those things like where it was like it's just like it's like it's it feels like a hard. You know what? It, like you said, it feels like a hard sell. It does, and like it's just it, it's being pushed on you, and yeah. it's kind of like whoa, okay, it, like the DCC players. It feels like a religion, and I don't. I I always feel. Like when, when somebody comes up to me in the street and they like want to give me a chick pamphlet, well, of course I want the chick pamphlet because <laughs> that shit's hilarious. But I don't want that. Doesn't mean I want to go be a member of the door. You know what I'm saying? So you just don't uh, want them coming to your house and like ring your doorbell and trying to right. sell you religion. Right. Exactly. So um, I've been interested in trying DCC for a while, but I haven't really had a good opportunity for it. And uh, finally, Michael Collette was running it. And I was free, and then he had this Lonkmar stuff because they did a little Kickstarter for Lonkmar. Just uh, like it feels like a few months ago. I have a tough time keeping mm-hmm. these things straight in my head. Um, now I'll say I didn't back the Kickstarter because I always kind of was like, oh, Lonkmar, whatever. I don't really give a shit. You know, it's been around forever. Well, it's like plus, if you're not a DCC guy, it's uh, like yeah. Eh. And I was like, oh, a DCC campaign setting for a uh, for a property. I'm not like super jazzed for. I don't know if I'm feeling that. So um. I didn't back it, but then subsequent to that, I got, I had like another round of like crazy Elric role-playing where I just was like super invested in Elric role-playing. So this time when, when Michael was like, oh, I've got Longmar, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to try this so bad. I really want to give it a shot. And, um, I discovered two things, discovered two things. First of all, DCC is great. It really is great. I mean, it's a great game. Um, it's, it's difficult to explain the experience. And I think that's why the DCC crowd can be so intense because the experience really is unlike anything else that there currently is on the market. Like, was it a, was it a like first level, second level game, or was it like I think a we were, funnel? Geez, no, it was not a funnel. Okay. I can't remember what level I was, but I had a bunch of stuff. Because I, I, I will say, playing. I didn't find the funnel compelling. I found like DCC core experience much more compelling than the funnel, I mean, I which is odd because I, I think a lot of people, it's the other way. I, I wish I had gotten to play a funnel, but I don't know if Longmar has them. Maybe it does. I don't know. But I think, you know, Michael had this Longmar module he really wanted us to experience it. I was stoked to experience it. I was playing some kind of wizard, and I had a huge, huge character sheet that was just like, because each, each spell is like a page long, which is actually kind of cool. I really like it, because it's not like a page of, of reading, and you're like reading ranges and stuff. It's like this It's like this uh, table that has all this different stuff that happens when you roll your magic Yeah, based check. off the number that you hit right things happen i mean you know people who play dcc they always come at me and they're all like oh look at all these fucking weird dice <laughs> that's how they always try to sell it to you they're like look at all these fucking weird dice that you get to use and i'm always like i don't give a shit about your fucking weird dice i don't know why you're trying to sell me a game based on weird dice i don't understand why that's a cool thing but then when you start playing it and you realize that the me- each mechanic on the character sheet is keyed to the one of these strange dice, which means that it's never like they take a mechanic and then try and mold that mechanic to a die. You know what I'm saying? Every mechanic is its own kind of unique experience, and that's really cool. That's really cool. Rather than trying to take 
all experiences and iron them into one or two dice or one or two mechanics like most most things do they just are like no 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 everything's gonna be a very simple role that is resolved quickly but with all these weird different dice and tables that was fun i really enjoyed that quite a bit um i want to do more dcc uh, I want to explore that a little bit more. Um, well, I know Michael's talked about running that adventure that we picked them up at uh, Gen Con this year because there's a contest or something where you run it and then you report into Good Games about it. So. Oh, is that like is it a contest where for the players or a contest for the GMs? Oh, I don't know. It's that whatever that black heart of whatever thing is that we got there um, that was in their convention guide this year. And it's apparently something that they're doing now. So huh, interesting. All right, great. Well, if we should, you may have an opportunity to play it again. I would like to play that. Um, so then the next thing was Lankmar. Lankmar was cool as fuck. Um, that really scratched an itch that I, I've been it, it, okay. An itch is always a bad word to me. It's almost <laughs> like a taste. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just have this like, you're like oh, I just really want pizza today. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's like how role playing is, where it's like I have this particular idea in my head. It's like I want to do something kind of old school, but it has a very particular feel to it. Yeah. And Lankmar was great for that because it didn't seem like it was. You had magic, and magic was very powerful, but it wasn't like magic was like fucking everywhere and breathing down your throat all the time. It didn't have that kind of Tolkien-esque sort of like Anglo role-playing kind of feel to it. It was very kind of like like dusty and Mediterranean and kind of like like uh, mysterious. And ever, all the naming conventions and all the different parts of the city that we were in were like really interesting and compelling. And then the weird little backstories of the the characters that we interacted with were like, were also pretty compelling. Michael did a great job of uh, doing the like uh, ruling is not rules things. He kept it very snappy, and we were just like moving right through. And um, you know, he's just got a real passion for that game. I think isn't that how we met him? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. at this point, we're so used to seeing him around. It's just like, yep. you know, I feel like he's just he's just he's part of the family. Yeah, he's he understands DCC the best out of any of us, I think. Um, I think so, so he's yeah. our he's our subject matter ex- expert on DCC. For sure. For sure. And you know, and he and he does a great job. He runs it very passionately at um, the our events and other events around the Phoenix metro area. And so um, it's just really great to experience how he runs, how he runs it and how he kind of like um, he, how he gets you into it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think he saved that wizard for me, which I was pretty stoked it's for really because nice. the wizard was like the wizard. Yeah, he did a nice job with it because my first experience with DCC was like that funnel that was run at a con that was basically just somebody reading out of a book the entire yeah, time. Yeah, and that's really boring. It yeah. just really well, yeah, and it was just kind of like I was like, this is very off-putting. Like I don't understand. And that was another thing where I was like, I just don't understand this experience. Like yeah. why it has such a following based off of what i saw here and as i've interacted with it more and i've i've played with people who who have who grok it i guess better or who have a passion for it and and like it it's like okay now i'm getting it right yeah like i understand it more 
I mean, that's the thing is uh, our our buddy Brinton. Mm-hmm. He put a post on Instagram very recently that was the same thing where he was like, it was very similar to what you say, where he's like, everybody's been telling me DCC's the shit. I finally went out and played some. It was this guy who'd made me roll a die like every two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I wanted to do anything, yeah, I had to roll a die. that was my experience. <laughs> and then there was like all of these horrifying things that were going on and that like, like player agency was basically like just what kind of horror do you want to be dismembered by at this mm-hmm. point? Well, and mine was even when I didn't do anything. It was oh, roll a luck check to see if you just yeah. like a random thing comes and kills you. And Seriously? it was kind of like yeah. this is not like I I can't win for losing. You know, it's like this game incentivizes me not to play it. Like the less I interact with this game, the better off I am. I I, I can't say I'm a uh, expert on the subject matter because mm-hmm. I don't really I haven't read the book cover to cover i have only played one one session of it i'm inclined to presume however that they're like any game there's people who run it well and people who don't Mm -hmm. and that because the ambassadors for the game are so fervent that when you find yourself in one of these games where somebody wants to play it on this like very technical dicey level and they basically are kind of like reawakening that late 80s early 90s archetype of the punitive gm and we've all played with that guy and right. you know experienced that and that that can be like a very it can like really hurt the brand because you're sitting there and you're like I don't really know what I'm doing here I think yeah, yeah I, I think that's why they're so invested in their judge system or whatever yeah. where they're they're like, oh, you have to get approved as like one of our DCC judges, and and I think that's a lot to do with that. Well, Michael's great, and Diogo's great. We know all we know all these guys who are so into it and who are mm-hmm. so good at it, and it's just, it's, I think it's a real. It says more about our recalcitrance as people that we have been so standoffish towards it. So, I mean, you know, I I keep telling myself, I just gotta grab the book and pull it out and like put it on the couch. Because I've just turned into Grandpa Simpson as I've gotten. Oh, I, I don't like change. Yeah, I don't like change. Stop so, showing me new things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Jim Miller, he posted something on Facebook like a week ago or something, and I just wasn't on Facebook very much, so I kind of missed it. And he was like, he was like, hey, uh, Brendan, you're not going to like me saying this, but uh, Lamentations is only my like third favorite OSR game or something. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I read it, and I was like, it's not my favorite OSR game anymore either. You know, it well, used to be, but that's not anymore. The interesting part about it is there's so, like we were talking about before. There's so many OSR there's games. There's so fucking many man. It now. feels almost Jesus. overcrowded, and you yeah. just every time I interact with one, I'm like, what does this one bring that isn't covered by all the rest of these? Because for that genre is really hyper saturated. Not even just OSR, just fantasy yeah. in general. It seems like there is this unquenchable thirst for novelty in the fantasy world. And so there's dozens of games that are established and they keep churning out product. And then dozens of new games. It seems like every month or every year there's dozens of new fantasy games. And then a bunch of them just die to be replaced by the new fantasy games everybody's writing. I'm like, my fucking God, how many fucking fantasy games do we need? Why is that a thing? Why is fantasy games so prevalent in role-playing games? I don't know. Because everybody loves Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons is the default experience. You should just play that then. Well, right. But there's 
issues with it, right? And so there's people who are, I want a fantasy experience like Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't want it to be Dungeons and Dragons. And so you got a million different varieties of like vanilla. Oh, okay. I've got vanilla. I've got vanilla bean. I've got French vanilla. I've got Neapolitan. You know what I mean? There's like <laughs> yeah. a billion different kinds of vanilla. To, to, okay, okay. To me, to me, the metaphor is more like when you walk into a comic book shop mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, here's this great genre of expressing myself sequential art Mm -hmm. i can literally tell stories about anything now given the ability to tell stories about anything what do i have 999 superhero comic books a bunch of which are about the same characters 900 fucking like uh, Batman slash Wolverine titles. All right. It's know? like oh, the yeah. X-Men in the 90s. Uncanny yeah. X-Men, X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, West Coast X-Factor. You know, it's like I, you're I, just sitting there I like, remember, I don't I rem- need all of these. I remember even in the early 2000s, I went into a comic book shop and I counted the number of times I saw Wolverine on the cover of a of a, of a Marvel book and there was something like 20. Good wow. news, there's like four Wolverines now. So he can be on even more covers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? And, and, and it's the same thing with role-playing where it's like given this uh, huge intellectual space in which to work, mm-hmm. people choose to do a very narrow thing where they're just like, oh, I, I just want to do this one thing. That makes because sense. I think that that's what the thing is about. Yeah. Because that's how it started. And it's like, well, it's actually about anything you want to I be I think about. there's a lot there that's too, though, of like mm-hmm. what's going to sell too. Because, you know, it's like if you write something that's bonkers and off the wall, it's got... Well, it's got to be like a solid product. And there's a lot of people who are pushing the limits and doing great stuff who are moving product like Tales from the Loop and all you know yeah. all these other ones. And I think that's great. It's good to finally see it happening again. I, th- I think that's a chicken or the egg kind of like wheel, though, where you're like, well, do fantasy games sell more because that's what people expect? Or mm-hmm. do people expect fantasy games because they sell? It's the you same question saying? in anything, oh, yeah. though. It's the same question in music and everything else, right? Yeah. It's like, do people make pop because pop sells? Or does pop sell because it's what people wants? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it, if I'm going to do something weird and experimental, is that going to carry it, carry anything? I don't know. You yeah. tell me. Well, if there's, if there's listeners who are in the creative field of role-playing, I want you to know that Full Metal RPG and its hosts fully support your endeavors to branch out into other weirdo random areas. Yeah. Because we crave it. We crave your weird shit. Do what you feel like. Yeah. Hashtag deal with it. <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, that not, that having been said, I, you know, I backed Blood Wraith yeah. on Kickstarter. Oh, which one's that? That's it's an OSR fantasy game. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at backing the the 2080 Judge Dread one, but uh, that price tag on that one is making me shy away. Funded in nine minutes. Yeah, it's wow. one of those ones where I'm like, man, it, like I want it, but I don't know I'd ever do anything with it. Exactly. And yeah, that, that was exactly my feeling where I was like, that looks like a nice book I have mm-hmm. on my shelf forever and not run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I re- I literally don't know what I would do with it. Did you look at uh, Dawnline? Did you get in on Dawnline? Dawnline is like this weird, super weird, super weird role-playing game that's like, it's it's very heavily influenced by like Vampire Hunter D. So you- Weird. You, you, I, seriously, this is such a fucking weird game. So I'm a sucker for vampire role-playing games. And then this one is about you play vampires, okay, in a world where the light, the light of the world is 
like aggressive and destructive. It'll destroy things. Not just you, anything. So you live in symbiosis with a tribe of humans that is moving through the wasteland, okay? They're moving through the wasteland of this crazy dark sun type planet that's full of monsters and mutants and crazy fucking weird sandworms and shit that'll to fight. And they need you to protect them. You need them to feed For on. food, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the whole idea is you're just like, you're out, you're, you're out in the wasteland. And it's the two of you trying to work together, fighting this crazy shit. And I was, and it's all drawn kind of anime like, really like, cool. like Vampire Hunter D with like yeah. the long swords and the weird hats and yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, the guy Strangely with like elongated faces. Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the hand on his, yeah. the, the, the the eye on his hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is fucking rad. He has this a mouth, so- doesn't he? Oh, yo, he's he a, has mouth. a mouth. It's yeah, a mouth, he's got on, a his mouth hand. on his hand. Yeah, I was like, this is so fucking weird. This yeah. is such a weird fucking game. That sounds cool. Though. I never would have thought of this myself. Of course, I'm backing it. So I backed this shit. <laughs> I keep waiting for like a ghost in the shell role playing game and I, I don't see that. Well, aren't know. all the transhumanist cyberpunk games that are out currently? Kinda, I guess. You I should make know. one. You should make uh, it. Dude, I gotta work on Lex. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I gotta yeah. write a Lex role playing game we're first, we're okay? Little, yeah, we're a little busy, Heather. <laughs> a little busy writing a, little a Lex busy. role playing I'll make a Dragon Ball Z one and it's just like... Isn't there... Uh, the <laughs> Dragon? I feel like the Dragon Ball Z role playing game has been tried. There's a card game. Yeah, I have no idea. I'll make a drink. Oh, yeah. role so there's all that. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. All right. What so, we've been you know, buying? Because well, the stuff we've been buying. I mean, we're actually coming up against the end of it here. Oh, are I we? I feel like, yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like we should just do the, we should just save it for next time. And All right. Dead Zone League's wrapped up. That's ben done. Bailey. Ben Bailey. King, Grand champion. King of the Dead Zone players. <laughs> nameless. Not even close. Nameless. <laughs> oh, that's such bullshit. Adam, I lost Adam, twice to him. Adam came in second. I lost twice to him. Every time I faced him, I lost. Yeah, well. I got, I got stomped by those nameless. They were well, vicious. Nameless are, nameless are tough. I can't deal with those ogres. They're they're too they're too much. They're too hot for me to handle. That's a spicy meatball. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I got my own opinions on that. I, you're, you, you were in it, right, the very end right till the i very was end. doing okay till my cc troops could not deliver a hit like my close combat troops just got wiped and did nothing <laughs> that was just tough he said to me mm-hmm. post-mortem mm-hmm. that there that early in the game he thought he was gonna lose and that what he felt he needed was a couple of very hot dice rolls mm-hmm at critical moments and he mm-hmm. knew what those critical moments were right. and when those moments came he got hot dice and he was just and he was like if, but if I hadn't at those key moments then I would have lost that was his take that's his take not my take because I didn't watch the yeah. game I was busy getting my he did my roll very well Michael Marines he rolled rat, very well so. in the middle of the table which is where it counted and I just, I had a couple clutch moments where I did good, and then I had a, a, a few, a smattering of them where I didn't do well at all. And that was really what kind of sealed it for me. That Hulk performed beautifully. Oh, yeah. I love, too. I watched mm. you fucking sizzle fools with that Hulk. Yeah. Because, because, that thing's cause, damn near broken. Because Bailey like, was all like, oh, Hulk's, man, I ain't worried about Hulk's. Hulk's is dumb. Yeah. Hulk's is stupid. They're damn like, near broken. I was like, I don't know, dude. The, the, the UK meta seems to think that Hulk's are pretty fucking good. I would never <laughs> feel two of them because that's just mean. But, like, one of them was just like, 
Ponin fools, and that was just savage. He was savage. He was uh, he and my rainmaker did much better this time because oh, that's, that's what I heard. I heard they gave really him lovely. an additional the frag grenade thing that he didn't have in the other book, and that made a big difference because now he's got the range three rocket salvo that he can just fire whenever he wants. Oh, that's which crazy! Is a much better that was what like i blew all of his guys off of an objective with just like one turn of shooting i was like so long suckers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that wrapped up congratulations ben bailey congratulations way to go congratulations to uh the painting winner michael marines yeah michael marines he won with his veermen his name his name isn't actually marines he, huh. there's there's an accent on it that I just hesitate to do because All I'll right. butcher it. And it's but yeah, he won the painting. He won um, the painting. And so De- uh, Dead Zone six-week Starfall summer summer campaign was, I think, an outrageous success. It was. It was a lot of fun. We got a lot of new people yeah. out, and we all learned a lot. We did. We did. But uh, I just want listeners in the Phoenix Metro area to know that Dead Zone continues at Games U on Thursday nights. I will be there. We have a tournament coming up at the end of October. Uh, come down, get some free play games with me, work on your hobby, just hang out and shoot the shit, whatever. We're going to be there. Dead Zone continues. Mantic continues. Mantic night because... Uh, I will continue painting my Marauders. Vanguard is getting ready to come out here anytime. And um, uh, if you want to come down and play Vanguard, if you want to come down and play Dead Zone, we're going to be scaling up into other games over time. We have big plans for this community that we are building. Just because the Dead Zone summer campaign is over does not mean that Mantic at games U is over please come down all right so uh adam oh i guess you know what i guess it's like really my turn to do yeah. the to do the the, the the rollout isn't it it is oh for fuck's sake Roll all right. out. <laughs> well everybody it's been another episode of full metal rpg thank you for listening uh if you want to get in touch with us there's a number of ways to do so i recommend going on the instagram uh at full metal rpg interacting with me there you can always email me full metal rpg official at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, you can reach me there as well. You'll notice that our message return rate is 100%. <laughs> 35 minutes. Wow. Worked hard for that. Yeah, I got to really figure out how to use the tools on the inside or else it fucks the algorithm. Anyway, 100%. 35 minutes. Check out our Patreon, Full Mill RPG on Patreon to get in on all of our contests. And um, David Rybacki, not only do I have your... Pathfinder second edition beta book. But Dwayne, the homie Dwayne, gave me a bunch of uh uh stars without number books that he borrowed from you to give back. So I went <laughs> into I went into Game Depot yesterday, our sponsor Game Depot, and to give David Rybacki his his winnings that were sponsored by Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. And I went in with one book, hoping to count with zero, and instead I came out with five. And they're all for you, David Redbacky. So get at me. Let's figure out a way for me to get you these books. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, uh, for always helping us out with some product to kick over to the listeners. Also, they are the home of the Full Metal RPG Friday Night Role Playing Club. Come on down uh, two weekends a month. Our next meeting is October 12th. Come on down and hang out with us. Play role-playing games, make some new friends. That community will be coming up on the one-year anniversary of that community. And I'm just so happy with all the friends we've made, the community that has kind of gathered around that club, 
We've had a lot of great games. I've met a lot of great people who I'm stoked to have in my various games, my home games, my con games, and then my store games. So super great. Anybody else have anything else? That's pretty much it. I guess that's it. All right. Thank you so you much for You want to give listening. us a review? Oh, on yeah. iTunes. You always do the review thing. We still need those. Yep. Hop on. Those are good. Rate us. <laughs> we love them. If you can't give us a four-star review. Five-star. Five-star review. <laughs> please send me an email. Let me know why. <laughs> so I can try and address that before you leave a review. All right. Great. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>